Asker International School opened its doors in 2013 with just 35 students. Today, we have almost 400. We're still a small school, but with a big voice. This is our podcast, Uplift Ed. James, welcome to the show. I'd start a little controversially. Some might consider the inclusion of Lego as a dumbing down of the curriculum. What do you say? Well, I could understand where they might come from with that statement, but to be honest, looking at Lego now is not the same as when our generation, let's say, would have looked at it. Uh, for some who are a little bit older, we mightn't understand the um, potential and the capacity and the versatility of modern Lego technology. It is still the same basic product that we've had and known and loved for decades, but it has a new element of digitalization and modernization that make it very appealing to use in a school and that goes from the primary school all the way up to the middle years program in this school. So it covers all your STEM branches, which are science, technology, engineering, and maths. One of the arguments by some parents and maybe some educators is that students could be doing maths and English and science at this time, but you're suggesting that actually maths and science is covered through the LEGO Robotics project. Yeah, I think LEGO Robotics is very versatile, and it has that transdisciplinary potential where it can be used uh, as, a, as a project you can include so many different elements into your project from all, cur- from all different curricular areas it builds on technology, engineering I can give some examples from a, a recent project we took part in which was about it was called Boomtown Build and you had to design a building or buildings for a fictional town that had to be environmentally friendly and accessible and weatherproof so it, it, was a long, it was a long process, so it wasn't just one lesson, but it was a, a project which spanned over multiple weeks. And the children had worked in groups. They learned how to be an architect, how to be an engineer. They had to pro- solve problems. They had to code. They had to test their code. They had to make sure they had real-life situations in there. They had to present as a group. So there's so many different elements that are that are covered in under a, a kind of transdisciplinary umbrella. Am I right in thinking the project uh, Boomtown was about sustainability? Yeah, it was about sustainability was the major focus. So we were looking at creating buildings that were environmentally friendly, um, that were accessible to all people, where the materials used were also renewable uh, materials that were, um, they weren't, uh, we tried to avoid concrete, things like that. Um, so there was a whole process behind it as well. It wasn't just about putting the blocks together and making some revolving doors or, or having the building have a windmill on top. There was a lot of different things and, and, and a lot of preparation that went into it. And did you feel or think that the students themselves think, thought that this was a learning experience or was it, hey, we're playing with Lego? Um, it was a bit of both, I think, because they actually loved it. So they, they would be looking forward to the Lego time. We spent a lot of time on Fridays doing it and they really looked forward to it. Uh, I think when you go around the room and you're looking at the kids working together in groups, the teacher really doesn't even need to get involved in most situations because the kids are enjoying it so much and they're having a lot of fun in their learning, um, but they are still learning. And they're, they're working in groups. They were working in groups of six, and you could see that everyone in the whole group was really engaged. They, had their, they each had their role to do. So I think um, it's perfect in the way that the kids are having lots of fun, but they are learning. Now, this was the first year of implementation. What hurdles or challenges did you face? I think because we're in Norway, um, 
it's a little bit difficult for me, it was a bit difficult for me with the language just to order materials um, and to know exactly what was needed because all the directions are given in Norwegian, which I can manage, but it did present somewhat of a challenge. I also have to get in contact with the leaders of the of the organization prior to our summer holidays to order the materials and it was a little bit difficult to know actually what we needed exactly because it was our first time and there is a lot of different materials out there but once I got in touch with them they, they told me exactly what we needed and it was a little bit easier and it was just before the summer holidays when we needed to order the materials and decide what we were going to do and the competition the project itself started pretty much straight away after we got back from the summer holidays so that in itself was a bit of a challenge to be starting a new school year with a new group of children a new cohort and then to have to get cracking on this lego project straight away without really knowing what it involved oh big risk taking there in terms of training or like your own subject knowledge with regards to lego robotics robotics where did you stand on that well it's a lot of you had to teach yourself along the way really and learn as you go um, as as with a lot of things in teaching especially with technologies now you have to um, update yourself in advance of showing the kids how it works but it is pretty straightforward and there is a lot of guidance out there from lego websites and from different schools you can join groups that will will give you lots of information along the way so i i found it actually pretty good in that regard that there is a lot of information out there and they do structure it really well and guide you along the way we also had a meeting in uh, oslo in the city with some other school leaders and the leader of the competition itself on the which was a lot of explaining about what would happen on the day of the project and how things would run um, all the necessary information you needed to get your group ready and get them into Oslo and get their project set up. So the project itself they work at school on a set idea this time it was Boomtown Build and it was about sustainability and then the final component of the project is there's a chosen group that goes to represent the school in a competition in Oslo? Correct. This year we chose bring one group forward it is possible to bring more than one group. It's not limited to, to one group, but as this was our first year running it, we thought we'll stick with one group, see how it goes, and it was a trial, and it worked really well. But there is definitely potential to bring more than one group next year because there was other schools there who had larger groups or who had multiple groups from the same school. So I think looking forward into next year, we'll be hoping to bring even two or three groups with us. I'm particularly interested in the coding side of the project these kids are in grade four. I'm just wondering how prepared were they to tackle the coding side of the project? Well, that's a tricky question because we haven't experienced this type of particular coding before, but it is very straightforward in a lot of ways. And we did some preparation lessons in advance of starting the project, which were just dedicated to explicitly teaching them how the coding works. It's drag and drop coding. So you have blocks that have functions and you drag them onto your screen and pop them in and it works through a Bluetooth connection and to a radio controlled um, Bluetooth device. So as regards coding, I don't think it's the most difficult type of coding, but it is something that the kids need to be taught a little bit explicitly in advance of beginning the project. Because I would suspect that many teachers have some knowledge of Scratch. So how does it compare to that particular approach to coding? It's similar in a lot of ways in the fact that it's drag and drop coding. 
but the difference is that this code, this Lego we do 2.0 is programming a device. So it's talking to a robot and telling it what to do. So for example, the robot itself is a very, it's actually quite basic because it just has one motor with a, a rotary function. So you can tell the rotor to go in one direction or the other direction and the speeds it needs to go at. And then there's the elements of engineering which actually make it make it more versatile where you can connect it further with lego pieces with extra arms and rods to make it do extra things so we do we did quite a few little mini lessons in advance of how to make things that would be useful for their projects for example how to make a revolving door um, how to make a windmill turn how to make wheels spin so there's there's different mini projects you can do with the kids to get them familiar with the code and that also will help them then become more independent later on during the project. Now, an important topic of debate is the underrepresentation of women in STEM fields of employment. Now, the following figures are courtesy of Catalyst.org. So, according, in the European Union, women accounted for slightly over 50.3% uh, of graduates in the natural sciences and mathematics. But the statistics also showed that only slightly over a quarter of those were in engineering, manufacturing or construction. Likewise, figures in Australia uh, suggest that only 20% of women are actually involved in STEM workforce sectors. And also in the United States, only 24% of women were employed in STEM occupations as of March 2017. And only, it's even less for that for Japan, it's 15.7%. So with this in mind, how did you view the participation of both girls and boys in the LEGO learning I would say I didn't see any difference between girls and boys in their in their enjoyment of this, in their uptake on it, in how well they engaged with it. Girls equally as well as, as the boys in class were really excited by it. They worked really well together in groups, in mixed groups of boys and girls, which we we potentially we purposely put them into groups where there was a, a nice mix of girls and boys in the class. And I thought that I wouldn't see any problem with girls working on this as as I wouldn't see with boys. I think it was just equally satisfying for both. Now what advice would you give to any school thinking about introducing Lego robotics into the curriculum? Well my advice would be that it, it isn't what you might think it is because even in our school we, we progress from using the Lego robotics in the primary department up right up to the, the MYP department where we have Mr Brent running another Lego robotics program which is Lego Mindstorm so there is progression available in the school there's also there are things that you need to think about like i said the fact that you need to order a lot of materials to begin with now that we have them in place it's not as difficult for next year but at the beginning you need to get in touch with people and make sure you're getting the right things um, other advice i would give is to get somebody who who's really not they don't necessarily need to be it savvy but somebody who's got an interest in it get them on board with you you can also get some parents on board to help out if you really need to it, it is open for parents to lead groups as well so there, there's a lot of different things you can do when you're thinking about preparing but the main thing for me was it it came just before the summer holidays so be prepared before the summer holidays and be ready to go when school starts in a new academic year james thank you for your time thank you it's been a pleasure mark Uplift Ed is an Asker International School production, a small school with a big voice. Thank you for listening.